Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast Brothers and Sisters Episode 39 Something I Can Never Ever Have That sounded like a glitch Again Eventually you will understand that reference, but for all those who do, I appreciate you for listening to this podcast, because I am Sean Yosaburl Harris. And I am Aaron Kosker. The Ukrainian sensation. He's fucked. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast at treehillwf.podcast on the socials. Most importantly, the TikTok and the Instagram, and you can listen to us on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what? Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and fuck you. What? Uh, yeah, so I got to go to a toy show today, brother. Because you're a fucking nerd. Yeah, you know how many nerds I fucking saw there, dude? Bigger nerds than me, because so I just went to a toy versions. show to fucking look at toys. So many and there was people there. And there was people there selling toys. So they went through the fucking process of putting money down, getting a table, getting all their shit, bringing it there, making signage. Now they're trying to be nice to people for their fucking customer base and selling nerdy toys to other nerds. So who's a bigger nerd? The one who's coming to buy the toys or the ones who are fucking selling the toys? All of them. All of them are fucking nerds. Yeah, you would be right. But we don't nerd shame on this show because guess what? The two fucking members who run this show are fucking nerds too. We're just not virgin er, nerds. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely not virgins. I tell you that much. Holy shit. (laughs) Definitely not virgins. But uh, yeah, definitely smelled... (laughs) It definitely did not reek of awesomeness. It reeked of basement, neck beards, and most importantly, body odor. But it was a fun time had by all. Episode 39, Season 2, Episode 17 of The One Trizzle Hizzle. Uh, we got fucking some crazy shit going on in Season 2. And honestly, I feel like Season 2 has been better than what you told me it could be obviously because it's probably not as good as season three and season four but on its own now watching it for the first time eh, there's some good shit going on and the highest rated episodes i've ever rated on this very podcast i guess it's true yeah so there's some good shit going on now there's been some pretty bad episodes too and a couple characters i'm not too happy about but it seems like we get to rectify that on this very episode take it away so in the last episode uh peyton and jake were going back to peyton's place after the non-wedding and there was a shadow and creepy shadow in the distance jenny said mama oh and nikki appears 
So Nikki starts spewing her shit about how she there was a court date that he didn't make it to. And she was really pissed off about how she got sent to Seattle or whatever. She apparently has sold soul custody oh, good of job, brother. <laughs> soul custody of Jenny. Ooh, double J. Which Jake is not stoked. Why would he be? He's like, you're fucking lying. And why the fuck would she want this baby anyway? When she abandoned she her. She abandoned the fucking kid. And not only that, she has literally barely had this baby in her life at all since inception. So what is it so important about this that she needs to have this kid? She doesn't want to fucking take care of children. So why is she fighting? Why is she fighting so hard for this? Because this is going to definitely implicate her fucking life. She has to take care of this child. Speaking of babies. Yeah. Ours is being really annoying right now. And kicking like crazy. (laughs) Kicking like crazy. But every time I try and move my hand in the spot to see if I can feel it, kicks in a different spot, like below my hand. Don't be a Nikki, brother. Why would I be a Nikki? Don't be a Nikki. (sighs) You're just warning other people. Oh, I see. Lucas wants Brooke to stay. He doesn't want her to move to California. California. Mm-hmm. She can go be with the governor. Wow. Yeah. You know who the governor in California was in 2005? Mm-hmm. Who was it? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was Adam Schwarzenegger. Like, Shit, am I wrong? Is it Hulk Hogan? Fuck. <laughs> 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 oh my god, could you imagine? Could you imagine the I was like, wait, which fuckery are we going with today? Do you imagine the campaigns against each other if Arnold Schwarzenegger ran up against Hulk Hogan for the governorship? <laughs> that would be comedy. Let me tell you something, brother, about fucking California, dude. I was just like, wait, am I wrong in this? Am I like saying the wrong thing? And then I'm like, no, I'm right. Give me your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Wow. Go ahead, bro. (laughs) He wants Brooke to stay. He's sad that she's leaving. Cool. Because he's in love. Sure. Keith. He's a fucking loser. So Lucas and Karen are at Keith's apartment. And they're talking about the arrangement with Dan and right. Jules. Yes. And slash Emily. Emily. It's so weird to hear that name. I know, because it's right? been Jules. Now, I understand it is her real name, <laughs> quote unquote. But uh, I, I think I was writing just calling her Maria by her real name because she has multiple names in this show. So I just oh, may as God. well call her MFM, as I so affectionately refer to as Maria fucking Menunos. MFM. So Turns out Karen slept at Keith's apartment. I was—I um, thought you were just about to say Karen slept with Keith. And I was no. like, oh shit, this is no. a whole other fucking thing right now. And no. Andy's going to send the fucking hitman. <laughs> no. And not Bret Hart, dude. Oh God. She slept at the apartment waiting for him to come home so that she could see if he's okay. How'd she get in? Whatever. No one locks their fucking doors in this town. Peyton doesn't lock her fucking door in this town. She probably has a key, honestly. Why would she have a key to Keith's house? Because they're like BFFs. 
Not so much anymore there, They've dude. been very close for a long time. This is a new place, though. This is his... No, it's not. It's his old apartment still? Yeah. Okay. It's not that new house that he fucking bought for him and Maria? Yeah. Okay, either way. So... Yeah. Oh, whatever. And I don't actually, know. yeah, so she must have a key because I remember when... Jules was staying there and she kept Jimmy jimmying the lock with a credit card okay. because it locks automatically. Right. Right, right, and then right, he right. gave her a key. Got it. Got so it. yes, Karen must have a key. Um, Keith walks or comes home at the worst possible moment because Lucas and Karen are talking about the arrangement. So he doesn't yes. get to find out about this arrangement in a nice, like, conversation with him. He just shows like, up and he's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah. And then he takes off. Yeah. Man. Clearly pissed. Clearly hasn't slept. Yeah. Still obviously in his tux and everything. Yeah, he's still in his tuxedo, like, all this time later. <sighs> what the fuck was he doing this whole time? Probably looking for her, honestly. Uh, how unfortunate. So, gosh, Anna was going through some boxes that they were sending away to Goodwill and putting stuff in there. And she notices a white wife beater. With red paint on it. Yes, red spray paint. Yeah. She confronts Felix about spray painting Dyke on Peyton's locker. Because fucking he did it. And he's being like, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter, no one cares. That's a fucking hate crime, dude. Yeah. Literal. She's pissed. Pissed. That was, I knew I was completely justified in hating this motherfucker, because not only is he an absolute disgusting piece of shit, he's also now a bigot and a fucking uh, homophobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was totally right in thinking yeah. this dude was a piece of shit from the beginning. Yeah. He's he really is, and Anna does the right thing by going to Principal Turner, which is good. Absolutely, can agree more. Uh, both of them need to fuck off forever, though. Once again, <laughs> yeah, we don't need any more of their characters in this show. Yeah, I'm good. I'm done. Keith makes his way to Dan Scott Motors. Oh, damn. Is Keith coming to Dan Scott Motors? Oh, my God. It's a Pier 6 brawl. They're going to need the 82nd Airborne to get them apart. By God, Keith and Dan, they're tearing each other apart. Look at the car. Look like a damn car wreck. Wow. So, Keith freaks out at dan starts like losing his shit by the way i i do jim ross commentary for every fight that happens in one tree hill <laughs> i love how you explain that but you've been doing it for literally 39 episodes for new now. listeners of the podcast uh-huh. so dan's like you're fired and then Keith goes and grabs a rim off the display by the door. And? And he he throws it through the glass windows. And the glass shatters, bro. For Dan's office. And, like, right at Dan. 
fuck. Oh yeah, dude. He's he ain't fucking playing around, man. Like there's so much heat between these two guys right now. Like that all that has gone on with mm-hmm. having a business together to Keith or Keith sleeping with Dan's fucking strange wife to fucking him hiring fucking Maria Menounos to pretend to be into him, but actually gets into him, and then they get married, but then they don't, and then now he's throwing rims through fucking windows. How many times do you think that Dan's office windows are going to be smashed in the show? I think that's one of many. And not only that, he punched his own fucking window when he found out about Deb sleeping with Keith. So For the car, the, not his office. Yeah, I know, but he still he yeah. fucking punched his own. Who does that? So this time it's Keith shattering the glass and going stone cold. But not his own. But not his own. But, I mean... He was using that office for a while. Technically, it was his uh, work area for a bit. But, yeah, it feels like this is going to be one of those common things. That's just just like one of those things. I'm pretty sure. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, totally One of see. many. You'll have to wait and it would be hilarious see. to be have the scenes where like they have the people fixing the glass and then they constantly <laughs> have to come in and fix the glass. <laughs> <laughs> so at school, Peyton and Brooke are walking down the hall and Peyton's really sad that Brooke's moving away. And Brooke's really sad because, you know, like she just got the student body presidency thing and life's been good for her. And she just doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to leave home. So Peyton has a bright idea. Hey, come live with me. Yeah. I'm unsupervised 100% of the time. (laughs) You're unsupervised pretty much 100% of the time. So why don't we just live together unsupervised 100% of the time? (laughs) So Brooke's like... Oh my god, that's brilliant! And Peyton's like, "Go call your mom." She's like, "I have pay as you go, and I'm out of minutes." So. Wow, how two thousand five <laughs> of her. You know what? Like, pay as you go is such an old thing. We still sell it, obviously. But whenever people come in and they're like, "I want pay as you go," I'm like, "You don't want pay as you go, bro." <laughs> Shit. Oh man. Anyways, um, yeah. So. Brooke goes to make the phone call on Peyton's phone. And it's really funny because Brooke's mom is like, no, you're not going to live with Peyton because she's a bad influence on you. If anything, she's been the best influence on her. She's unsupervised. Larry's She's already unsupervised at home. All the things that Brooke's mom is claiming in this whole argument, yeah. it's like... Why is this important now? Why wasn't it important for the last season and a half where you were never around? Oh, my God. The book I'm reading that, you know, Brooke's point of view, it's literally like her parents for are yourself. not... Yeah, they're not present. Or if they are, they're fighting. They're dicks, yes. So it's a lot. But then we also find out or Peyton finds out about Felix spray, spray painting. painting NWO on her fucking locker. NWO. Fuck yes. off. Just like he did on the fucking world heavyweight championship. Oh my God. She finds out from Anna about Dyke on her locker being from Felix. Yeah. Nathan 
is following his mom's advice from the end of the last episode to go and find Haley. And he keeps having these little flashbacks over and over again, uh, little moments of him and Haley's relationships together that kind of just poke back in every once in a while while he's good driving. And good moments too. Yeah. But uh, it's raining, it's pouring, uh, Whitey is snoring. Raining like fuck. Oh my god! Out there, but we yeah we keep getting these flashbacks. Trying to put forth that yeah they definitely did had some good times before all this craziness that has gone on. Yeah, but before we get any further on that, Brooke and Peyton are walking outside of school, and they have another Nikki confrontation. Oh, we're gonna have a triple threat match here, Tang. So Nikki is trying to find Jake, and there's cops with her. They're trying to find him and get Jenny. Yes. So this whole custody thing seems to be legit. Pretty legit. Pretty fucking legit right now. So I'm kind of, I'm nervous for Jake. A little bit, yeah. I'm so nervous for Jake. Yep. He's such a good Because he's dad. not running anymore. That's the thing. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see if that changes. Principal fucking Turner. Holy shit, man. Felix gets fucking got, dude. He gets called to the office and he's like, looks at him and he's like, close the door. It's the one, it doesn't have dyke painted on it or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's the one without dyke painted on it. Just throw in the shade. And it was just like, oh, yes. This principal Turner has came a long way since when he first came in, uh, allowing bigotry on lockers and being Erica Marsh's best friend. Yeah. He's really come a long way since those moments. Now he's expelling. Felix. Oh, okay, the ultimate fucking baby face turn for fucking Principal Turner here does the greatest thing in the history of the show to this date. Uh, he fucking expels Felix. Ergo also expels him from the show. Just wait. That's the most important thing. Just wait. That's coming up later, bro. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, watching this, I'm like, if he's expelled, he's fucking out of here. He's not going to be on the fucking show either. He's going to be expelled. Where the fuck's he going to go? He could just be at home and being a piece of shit at home still. Yeah, what the fuck is he going to do? <laughs> be some fucking dropout flake. Yeah. Nathan's still remembering the good times. And uh, specifically, there's just funny little things like shower scenes from before their wedding but or their wedding reception thing and then the reason why they were late to their own wedding reception that lucas brooke and peyton threw so we finally get that cleared up we get a little bit of backstory with what happened there I, I just feel that they keep showing all these good times between them. It's just setting up for a real hard fall when he finally gets to see Haley on the fucking, you know, sucking a roadie's dick on a tour bus or some shit. Oh my God. <laughs> or, just, just, or Chris's. Just you wait, matter. bud. Just you wait. Brooke is going home from school and she sees this girl standing right by her front step and she's like who are you like what the fuck are you doing she's fucking brooke version two this is the girl so obviously because they're moving 
this girl's family is looking at buying Brooke's house. And she's making all of these little comments about like, what's there to do around here? And Brooke is fucking funny on this because she's just like, puts on this whole Southern accent and just like. Oh, we have the sister, the cousin the cousin dance, swap. the cousin swap every Thursday. <laughs> it's yeah. really fucking funny. Well, I mean, it's pretty fucking inbred. I mean, there's only 47 people in Tree Hill. They're all fucking inbred. Oh my so God. Makes sense. Makes but, perfect sense. That really made me laugh. She literally met Brooke 2.0. It was quite hilarious. And she says to her, like, you know, like, this place is good. Like, So if she buys this house, does she get the mini house with it as well? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think so. No? But, you know. Unfortunate. Andy's trying to help out Jake. He's trying to get him legal help. And Jake's like, I can't afford that. And he's like, no, like... We're trying to take care of you. We want to have this right for you because obviously Nikki's been an unfit mother. So Quite obviously. we're going to help fight this. And he's like, I can't, you know, I can't ask you to fucking Jake. Basically, I can't ask you, Andy, to pay for my legal bills. And he's like, I'm not. You're not asking me. I'm offering to do this shit for you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Andy's loaded. Yeah, of course. He's worth like $50 million or probably more. But uh, just as much as I want to hate a fucking character that's loaded with money, uh, you can't hate this guy because he just keeps doing amazing things over and over again. And he's helping out the right people. So I am definitely Team Andy officially. Yeah, he's yeah, great. He's I amazing. love Andy. He's fucking amazing. Karen finds Keith again. And she goes and gives him the files. The Emily Chambers, the EC, the Edge and Christian files. To try and, because that's the thing, is he didn't even know that her real name was Emily yet. Nope. So she's doing it to try and help him find her. Yeah, and they try to explain, like, because they haven't really had a chance to explain everything Mm -hmm. that's gone on, and that's all they really want to do is just the communication obviously hasn't been very good. Yeah. And I mean, he wasn't even giving the chance for the communication to yeah. happen. Because he's out in his fucking tuxedo cat <laughs> fucking calling out, of his, calling out of his window uh, all night long. Here, here, Jules, here. <whistles> Jules, here, wow. Jules. Where are you? And then putting up fucking posters on trees and getting milk carton fucking pictures made and shit. Looking for fucking Maria Menounos. You're so weird. Brooke gets wind about she finds out about felix being the culprit yes and she dumps his fucking ass yeah now nah, she's winning major fucking plays scoring hardcore points for me here as i always started out as brooke being this preppy fucking bitch that i do not care for but man they are really starting a baby face turner and just uh, she's she's Turning into quite the amazing character, amazingly enough. Because she dumped Felix. She fucking dumped Felix. <laughs> and then she called him a grand wizard. <laughs> she literally called the worst racist fucking shit you could call somebody oh saying that they are racist. I didn't know the grand wizard lived beside me. That was my fucking next door neighbor. So why don't you just crawl in a fucking hole and die, motherfucker? I'm like, holy shit, dude. Mm-hmm. You go, girl. 
maybe he can meet mankind in that boiler room he's crawling into. You had some like hardcore respect for Brooke in that. Ah, uh, major fucking respect for sure. I mean, she fucking dunts fucking crab lobster, dude. She fucking now she's taking down fucking Felix. What's next? What's next? Yeah, dude. So Lucas and Karen are talking, and he she's like, you know, now that everything's figured out, like with this jewels thing, like maybe you'll live, like move back home. He's like, no, nah, I'm close to Dan. I, I, he trusts me. I can get close to him and bring him down and bring him down from the inside, basically. Because there's more going on than just jewels. Yes, and that's the point he's trying to make. And Karen's obviously not thrilled, but I think after everything, after he found out this information about Jules and Dan, um, like just the fact that what was going on, he didn't know her real information though. Yeah. It still led to so much in that way and helped. Yes. Well, helped <laughs> in quotations. Sure. Sure. He was trying to do a good thing. Yes. He was trying to save his uncle's heart. We got some fucking continuity issues on this show, brother. Yes, sound, we do. sound the fucking alarm here. We got a fucking Kevin Mc, Kevin McAllister moment here, where he's fucking ordering pizza on the phone, but the fucking phone line's been down for fucking days. How the hell is he gonna order a pizza in Chicago in 1992 without a fucking phone line present, dude? Oh, we man. got some continuity issues. Yeah. What are they? So, remember when Nathan and Haley got married? They were going to get married after the basketball game. Yes. That was the plan. That's what they were doing. Well, the next like start of season two, when it's like, oh, yeah, they got married and it shows the wedding. It was fucking light out. It was light out. Yeah. It looked like it was early morning. Mm -hmm. And uh it's just it's so funny too because we're seeing that kind of again like they were getting ready or whatever and they actually came home after their wedding ceremony and nathan had set up like candles and flowers which major fucking fire hazard by the way you've oh, left that dude. for hours yeah, how or long how long that shit for? and there's been there's probably 420 candles, candles in there lit in your apartment. Yeah, for hours. So, <laughs> Unsupervised. But when they walk in, you could see the sunlight. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they were going to get married after a basketball game, which usually happens in the late afternoon. Slash evening. Yes. So, and when they left the game, and he was like, do you still want to do this? And she said, yes, it was dark out. Yeah. <laughs> so unless they were like, yeah, we'll do it after the game. Like the next meaning morning. Like early next morning. But the thing is. But then fucking Here's Luke, the other thing. Yeah. Lucas goes to the apartment to say goodbye. Yeah. And. Is that a day Haley's later like, that happens? Like, yeah. Haley's like, we got married last night. Yeah, got married last night. So. In fucking pitch black, even though the wedding was light out. Fuck sake! Yeah, there's there's some major issues there, but we're just gonna look past that kayfabe, brother. 
Uh, I love finding little things. Like there's little things sometimes where you can see like the corner, like a cameraman's elbow yes. in a shot. Exactly. And it's like, what the fuck? But that's fuck? the great thing about wrestling is that it's all live off the hop. So anything yeah. that happens, oh, we meant to do that. Because that, it just fucking happens on the fly, right? So, you know, there's no uh, premeditation to certain things. Uh, it just kind of fucking mm. happens on live television. Yes, some of it is not premeditated. Yes. (laughs) So Nate finally gets to, I think her show was in Atlanta or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, And he surprises her. And she's kind of like, what the hell are you doing here? What the fuck are you doing here, bro? And they hug and everything. They have like a little moment. And then... They're talking about it and he realizes she's not wearing her ring. Yeah. And she starts spouting off about how maybe they rushed into things and shit. She wasn't ready. Maybe she wasn't ready. She wanted to do. There's so many other things that they could be doing when they're still young. And maybe they should have waited. So that's a little... And then she gets called back to go on stage. And she fucking leaves. And she's like, stay here. Make sure you're here. When I'm off stage, I'll come back and we'll talk. Yeah. What are the odds of Nathan still being there when she's done? I think after hearing, like, if it were me and you, say, and you had said to me, like, I think we rushed into things. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to stay and wait for that. Yeah, yeah. Probably for that not. conversation. Probably not, yeah. That probably would have been the only conversation I needed is we should have waited. Yep. And now we get yet another baby face turn. And this baby face turn belongs to Felix and Anna's parents because they send his fucking ass to military school and join the ranks of the baby faces for doing such an amazing fucking move and winning my heart. And this is like the final Felix appearance. Literally, this is it. This is fucking like zero hour here right now. Like we will never be seeing this motherfucker again. (laughs) I am so fucking happy for A, Brooke, B, Principal Turner, and C, his parents for finally seeing the light that Mm -hmm. this dude is an absolute garbage waste of oxygen sack of fucking shit. You sound like you're drunk right now. Anyways. You I were wish, having I trouble wish, with that. I wish I was. Um, and it's Anna. Just word vomit for this fucker. Anna drops the bomb that okay. she's gay. Yeah. And he, again, proves his true color, saying, How the fuck can you be gay? What the hell's wrong with you? And he's being such a dick. He just, like, walks away. Yeah, completely unsupportive. Oh. But both of them can continue I'm to fuck off. Bigot, like, Jesus Christ. But he will fuck off forever, officially. And we get to throw a fucking party. But don't you have a little bit of respect for Anna for like going through with that and being like, no, like, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, telling him to fuck off and you're a piece of shit. Sure. But getting him like going to the principal and Uh, sure. Yeah. Actually going through it. Because I don't think Peyton would have gone to the principal. No. But at the same point. Yeah. She's done that. But. You still hate her. I I still fucking hate her. I get it. I still. Yeah. The. Can't stand her. She's just Word annoying. rumor still triggers the fuck out yeah, of me right just now annoying after that. Shit. I don't care about so much about, you know, her coming out stuff is fine, whatever, her decisions and stuff, but like, just her as a character is just like, get off my meh. fucking TV. I don't care about you. She's meh. You're, you're useless. 
you will not continue. So Brooke and Lucas are talking and they're walking together. And the entire time that Lucas has been living at his mom's place, the exterior door has been unlocked, has been fuck off. It was (laughs) black. Yes. And they walk up and now the door is red. Interesting. And he's saying, you know, like, I'm going to miss the girl behind the red door. Girl behind the red door. And they go in. And all of her shit's there, including the dollhouse. Yes. So he has talked to his mom and his mom talked to Brooke's parents and has convinced them that Brooke can stay till the till summer or whatever it is. Go through the school year, finish the year off living under Karen's roof and in Lucas's honestly room. honestly do not know where we are in the school year right now, like at all, like time frame wise. So who well, knows how long she was be. just elected student body president. Sure. So I guess it's earlier in the school year, I would assume. I would assume. I don't know. It's hard to tell with this show. You really can't understand time frames because some time frames would be like, it's weeks later in an episode, but then like season finale and season premiere, it's like the next day. Also, we haven't had basketball season. Yeah, yet. basketball season hasn't started yet. So, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Oh, Peyton. It's a long off season. Yeah. Peyton needs to figure out locks. She really needs to lock her fucking door because once again, <laughs> it's going to pay her in fucking spades. She's not going to lock her door. The one time she really needed to lock her door, she doesn't. Somebody's going to come in and make her fucking pay for this shit. I don't know who. I don't know the fucking context. I don't know what. But people who leave their doors fucking unlocked in television land will pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fucking Hollywood trope. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she needs she needs to learn how locks work. Yes. And how they can protect you. Yeah. Especially when you live unsupervised as a 16-year-old pretty girl with no adults around whatsoever. Yeah, we don't know how often. You haven't even met like season 2 Larry. I haven't even seen fucking new Larry yet. I'm, we're almost close to the end of the season and we still haven't seen him yet. Right? So Haley comes off stage. No, Nate. He's left. He's gone, dude. And he's sitting there and he takes in the car driving. He takes his ring off and he kind of plays with it. Yep. And then he puts it in a little compartment. Uh, like the cigarette uh, ash, the cassette. ash holder or something like that. Or no, it was, there's a little like there's there was a little spot. It was like a little shelf where you could put like other cassettes and stuff. Cause he is a old car cassette okay. player. Yeah. But you know um, how like some old cars, they had to pull out, like you ash out your cigarette. Yeah, it, it wasn't it one seemed of those. kind of like that. But, no, it was um, a little shelf. And then he turns on the radio and fucking, uh, Dr. Cosmo's holiday. <laughs> Fuck off. Holiday. Oh my God. <laughs> Brooke is so excited. And Karen comes in to say like, you know, like, I'm glad that you're going to be staying here, but, but we here, have some yeah. rules. Here's a fucking rundown. And she's, you're not staying out late. You're not doing this. You're not no doing boys. that. You're not sucking dick. You're not doing this. Oh my God. And, and she's like so happy. Brooke's like, it's rules. like having a real mom. Yeah, exactly. Cause she's never had that. And, and no like, boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how long Brooke 
really like plays into this whole yeah i'm happy with thing. fucking boundaries and limitations and rules because it feels like she is not bound by boundaries or limitations <laughs> or rules for very long mm-hmm. unfortunately keith he really is doubting lucas and it's kind of sad because he was his best man mm-hmm. but with all this shit that's gone on and kind of keeping everything from them fully uh, knowing full well what was going on it kind of puts the seeds of doubt in his mind about lucas which is really unfortunate because he's the one that's really been looking out for him the entire time yeah sad so yeah and then we finally get the fucking green mile walk i wish it was to an electric chair but we get the fucking green mile walk for fucking felix he is done good riddance you fucking piece of shit we hardly knew ye salute to everyone that made this happen (laughs) (laughs) but not him because fuck you you're off my screen forever Mm -hmm. five point zero there's for this one more episode. part i know but i'm saying on that alone it almost if, if the entire episode was just two minutes of him leaving it would be a 5.0 on the oh Richter my scale. god <laughs> but unfortunately we got all this other shit too it's only one more thing really yes um dan so lucas pulls up in front of the dealership and he notices dan is standing on a chair or a stepladder or something. And his head is in the ceiling. Yeah, he's like storing something. Or There's doing a something duffel bag yeah. in the ceiling mm. that Dan is putting up there. And, Money? Uh, Guns? You'll see. Prostitutes? You'll have to wait and see, bro. Paul Bear's makeup? Oh, my God. Yeah, he stole it and hit it. And then that's why he's not a white piece of dog shit anymore. Exactly. It's just a regular piece of dog shit. Exactly. Yeah. Probably hiding a couple of Hockey Talk Man uh, family heirloom guitars up there, too. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, that's the episode, bro. Yeah, dude. Uh, dollar sign 3.53. It's all right. It's okay. It's right. uh, average, a little bit above average but overall. Not too bad. But again, it would have been a little lower. But we did have Felix fucking off forever, and that's what allowed it to be a little higher than I thought the episode should have been, because that is the most important thing that's happened in One Tree Hill so far. The most important (laughs) thing. He's gone. He's off our TVs so long. I would like to say, you know, good luck, but there (laughs) there is no good luck here. It's just so long. So Bye, this, bitch. So this is it. So this is it. So long. Good luck. I don't recall saying good luck. No. A literal bye, bitch, for Felix. We hardly knew ye. Legit. Yeah. Legit. Amazing moment here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. But what's also filled with amazing moments is the June 30th, 1997 edition of Monday Night Raw is war from Des Moines, Iowa. You ever been to Des Moines before? Obviously not. No, never. Never been no. to Iowa. Do you even know where Iowa is? I could not place it. <laughs> Do you know approximately what side of the country Iowa is on? Isn't it like below Ohio or something? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's east. You don't even know. I know it's east. 
or it's by Ohio. Could be something. I don't know. Who really cares? It's America, brother. I just know Washington State. Yep. Um, Oregon. Yep. And California. California, obviously, because it's right below. What Texas? Fuck no. Um, but <laughs> Texas is literally the biggest state besides Alaska. But I know where Vegas is. In Nevada. Nevada Arizona's yeah. right by there, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, I, I suck at... Geography. Well, Kate, like, Canadian geography, fuck yeah. Because like, we live in Canada. But American geography, like, fuck that. Yeah, there's 50 states, so... There's so many. There's more than that. There's like 52 or something. There's 50. No, there's more. There's 50 states. I'm pretty sure there's more. Why do you think there's 50 stars on their fucking flag? It's to they signify it the 50 states. I thought I read there was 52. 50 states. I don't know. 48 in the continental U.S., oh, okay. two being Hawaii and Alaska. That is not in the continental okay. United States. So that's why I was confused. 50. That's why I was confused. Yes. Anyways. Anyways, I, we're Canadian, dude, and we're good family value loving well, Canadians. Fuck off. Not those damn stinking gutless rotten hyenas. The thing is from America. There's a spider on the fucking wall. That's because you opened the door, dude. No. Look at it. It's going up. Good. Kill it. Um like all of our provinces are like lined up basically like it's so perfect but the u.s is just like yeah it's kind of all over the place we're fucking everywhere bro pretty much <laughs> it's weird yeah anyways and yet we're a bigger country like landmass wise yeah yep but yes we are in des moines iowa and we're here for monday night raw Starting off with a little bit of Ken Shamrock action up against Hunter Hurst Helmsley, but we get a backstage promo from Trips in China. China, China, China. People think I don't like China. I love China. China, China is the new China, by the way. China, China, China. I deal with China, 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 big league China. So don't tell me about China. I know China, China. And by the way, I love China. I mean, I love China. How can you not love China? I love China. China, China. Her voice still just <laughs> throws me. Yeah, it doesn't really match her physique so much. No, and yeah. not at all. She yeah. sounds like she could be like in a Barbie movie. <laughs> and then you see her and you're like... That's uh, huh? that's uh, steroid buff Barbie. Yeah, steroid muscle Barbie. Yes, uh, she is Ken off. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, China gets on the stick again and says that she is the world's most dangerous woman, and I am inclined to believe her on that as well, too. Mm-hmm. At least in the World Wrestling Federation. I mean, we've seen it. She beats the shit out of people. She beats the shit out of guys. She beats the shit out of guys. So, yeah, I'm definitely inclined to believe that. And even during this match, too, she gets involved, and she throws Ken Shamrock, who's a legit fucking fighter, tough guy, and she fucking throws him to the stairs, and he just fucking gets... See, this is why you fucking shut the goddamn door. You fucking <laughs> farted. Yeah, exactly. And made it so it I was going to stink in Dutch here. I will fucking Dutch oven you anytime no, I want. No, not when we're 
recording. <laughs> you can fucking deal with it. Much like Ken Shamrock having to have to deal with China and throwing him into the steel stairs and the stairs going flying. But problem for Triple H. Who's he feuding with right now? Fucking mankind. And mankind makes his presence known as he comes down the ramp. And it's the old distraction finish. Distracts Triple H, who Triple H also tried to do the Ken Shamrock fighting stance. That was funny. The he was mocking him, him. Mocking him. So, you know, Trips is, uh, you know, he's got his moments. But he's getting distracted by Mick here. And he turns around right into a B2B, a belly to belly, and a one, two, three. Shamrock picks up a pretty big win here over the current. K-O-T-R, King of the Ring winner. Mm-hmm. So we get yet another distraction finish. Ahmed Johnson, Thonginator. Bay. I'm sorry, My I had to bring Bay. up his name again. Why but do you do he has officially turned his back on you, the fans, and everyone else. Uh, why do they keep doing this to me? First it was Tassel Boots, <laughs> and now it's Thonginator. And like, come yes. on, guys. Yeah, I know. These these guys that you My absolutely heart. love, and they just join up with your most hated guys. You know what? Stone Cold Steve Austin, he will be true to me. How, how positive are you about that? Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin will be both true to me. How positive are you about that? You know what? I I don't want to talk about how positive I am on that. I just want to believe it. Just tread, I just need... Tread lightly. I just okay? need to believe something right now. I need to believe that <laughs> at least two are going to be true to me and, you know, not fucking join the nation of domination <laughs> or the heart fucking foundation well, i can tell you right now with full confidence that the undertaker and stunkle steve austin will not join the nation of domination or the heart foundation i could guarantee you that that will not happen 100 percent. good i can tell you that but tread lightly because you may think you want to cheer for these guys and then shit happens and you don't want to cheer for them anymore yeah, but I still cheered for Stone Cold before when he was, you know. Because he's Stone Cold. Exactly. Yeah, but what if something happens down the line? You're like, he can't no, do that to me. No, how can you do no. this? How can you Don't fucking do this? Don't make me doubt my man. Oh, boy. Don't make me doubt my mans. <laughs> I guess we will see. And you know what? With this whole secret thing, fucking... Okay, yeah. Paul Bear's just a piece of fucking shit. Yeah. And piece of dog shit. Honestly, whatever the secret is, I know we're finding out this episode. Oh, we're finding out the secret. The secret. Undertaker still has my heart. Yeah. Fair enough. We have a stuffy of him in our fucking living room, and Flynn loves him. Oh, our son knows exactly who he is now. Like we say, hey, where's Undertaker? And he goes right to him. He pokes his eyes. Yep. <laughs> it's exactly. hilarious. He loves the Undertaker. Also introduced a macho man, Randy Savage plushie in there today, too. He's a little skeptical. Doesn't quite know about the madness. Yeah. He's unjustifiably in a position he'd rather not be in. Yeah. He mean mugs him. Yeah, it's he does hilarious. Mean mug him, yeah. 
<laughs> first name macho, last name man. Say everything twice. Say everything twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Macho Man plushie. Get it. Dig wow. it. Yeah, so back at the ranch. Uh, Broken Skull, that is. Uh, Ahmed Johnson here. Now we know. Yes, he has joined the nation. Unfortunately, he fucked himself up. Tore a bunch of ligaments. He's gone for a while. Basically, the most heat and the most over this guy is going to be as a heel. He has hit that after turning on Undertaker, joining the nation of domination, which I love. They keep showing over and over and over and over and over again on television. Weeks later, they keep showing uh, Ahmed turning on Taker and joining the nod. But because he fucked himself up and got injured at the climax of his career, basically, and completely fucked everything, uh, he needed surgery almost immediately. And so as if you thought that an Ahmed Johnson promo was incoherent before, uh, you will love to know that they actually interviewed Ahmed post-surgery on his knee. <laughs> and when I say, like, this is what he says in this promo, you think, oh, yeah, no, he doesn't know. He actually fucking says this shit where he gets asked about the DOA and how he thinks that Undertaker sent the DOA uh, to fuck with the nation and with Ahmed. So Undertaker's behind this whole Disciples of Apocalypse thing with Crush. Mm. That's basically what they're saying. But <laughs> post-op, hopped up on goofballs, uh, <laughs> Ahmed Johnson <laughs> calls the DOA uh, those uh, biker, macker, lacker, <laughs> whatevers. He was fucked. He was straight up hopped up post-op. Like, he was fucked. Like, biker, liker, miker from Mars. It reminds me of when my sister had her wisdom teeth removed. And you got some good videos. There was just some funny shit said. Yeah, definitely. I remember when mine were removed, I they had put me out for it. Right. And then when I came to, it was offered to hold on to someone's arm to walk down the hall. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm fine. And then I fell into a wall. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you would fall into the wall at the best of times without being post-op, but I digress. You know what? You could be nicer to me. <laughs> I could, well, if I were to be nicer to you, I wouldn't be truthful. Because that is the stone cold truth. Wow. Is that you are very clumsy. I am like carrying your child. I carried. Does that make your it child that you're not clumsy and fall over and, you know. Richard? When was, when did I last fall over? I can't count that high. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean like the last most recent situation. Probably the other day, I would assume. Actually, no, I. My foot had fallen asleep a few nights ago, uh -huh. and I stood up to walk to the kitchen, and I had trouble. Yeah, I, I'm not shading. my foot was asleep. I'm not shading you at all. I'm just stating facts, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like shade, bro. It's not shade. It's just stating facts, dude. But yes, uh, you know, post-op, uh, pretty hilarious promo from... Biker, mocker, lacquer from Mars, uh, Ahmed Johnson. 
But the next segment, which I'm so excited for, and most wrestling fans, especially because recently on Monday Night Raw, this man received his flowers for being with the WWE for 25 years and yet only missing two shows in 25 years. This is literally our first appearance on Raw of Michael Cole. And he interviews the Legion of Doom. But Michael Cole... At this time, just debuting. Now, he is one of the most, if not the most, legendary announcer in wrestling history. But this is when he started. Now, I'm still a Jim Ross guy at heart. He is my GOAT. But for this generation's GOAT, that would be Michael Cole. I don't even know who he is. You will know. Eventually. Just watch wrestling the next 25 years of wrestling. No From here. And you'll know who Michael Cole is. But he... It's a lot. Yes, it is. A lot of shit in there. I already refuse to watch fucking Grey's Anatomy because oh, of like a billion fucking seasons. Yeah, but at least this is interesting and entertaining. Uh, but well, <laughs> Legion of Doom, they have a promo. And can you guess what Hawk talks about in this one? Oh, God, I don't even remember. Piles of excrement uh, and animals attacking and... Uh, yeah, it's it's just the whole thing. Unhinged. Yes, exactly. Uh, what have we come to expect from Hawk promos? They're not going to make any sense, but he's going to say it real loud, and you're going to believe that he's about to kick somebody's ass because of it. So they have a tag team tournament match because, again, we're in a tag team tournament, and the winners will face Stone Cold and a partner of his choosing unless he doesn't want to choose anybody, and they will face him. Yeah, in but an doesn't unnamed, he have to? Apparently... But do we actually know if we're actually going to get somebody? Is he just going to tag himself? <laughs> you know, do the himself. thing where he's like holds a hand out and tags himself. <laughs> That'd be pretty great, actually. It'd be pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously they're trying to seem like they're going to set up mankind here because, you know, he's been coming out every week saying, <laughs> pick me, Steve, and wearing a so sign wearing around his sign, neck. Yeah. But uh, whether he actually wants, because yeah, he says he's a kind man and he would be a good partner, but he doesn't really give a rat's ass about him. So I guess we'll really see who ends up being Stone Cold's partner in that eventual tag team title match. But in this tag team tournament match here, we get the LOD versus the NOD. Once again, we get the LOD versus the NOD. And it is... Spiky Dino Bros. Spiky Dino Bros, that's right. But unfortunately for them, they are immersed in a feud with the fucking new Godwins. The Godwins with a little more aggressive approach who interfere in this match. And they fucking take out the LOD and allow the nation to pick up the victory and go further and continue on in this tag team tournament. But post-match, and then they go running after the Godwins, but post-match, Farouk, your favorite of all time from the Uh, nation. Don't you even say it. Yeah, I'm not going to do the fucking Ahmed Johnson version because he's on the fucking shelf now. Yeah, but he's still technically a part of the nation. Yeah, but it's Farouk's nation. I don't care. That's the most important thing. It's Farouk's nation. He's so annoying. (laughs) But he goes. You could barely understand him either. Come on. It's true. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it seems like D'Lo Brown has to uh, translate most promos that the nation has because he can actually speak plain English. 
<laughs> but Farouk gets on the mic post match, and of course he goes off about how hey. Ahmed Johnson was supposed to get the next title shot against The Undertaker, Canadian Stampede. Now he's on the shelf. He's injured. He can't have that match. So by rights, who should get that next match, right? Maybe another member of the nation. Maybe D'Lo. Maybe Kama. Maybe Farouk gets another match against the other. Nope. Uh, Vader gets the next match. <laughs> and Farouk goes off about how the what man Vader gets the next shot. He gets a shot because he's white. And, you know, it just goes south from there. But then Savio Vega reemerges after getting whipped the prior week. He's wearing a wife beater, a nice little white tank top with white pants. And we. It looked like they should have been, you know, that Backstreet Boys music video? Uh, yeah, yeah. Where they're wearing all white? Yeah, of course. He, he should have been in that Backstreet Boys You mean music the Blink 182 video? Uh, video that they were wearing all white in? <laughs> well. Backstreet Boys did it first. Yeah, I know, but uh, the Blink-182 video where they're wearing white and parodied the Backstreet Boys. Parodied, yeah. Which is much better than the Backstreet Boys video. (sighs) Is that Blink's video better than the Backstreet Boys video? I love Blink. I've been listening to the new album almost nonstop since it came out on Friday. But Blink... Backstreet Boys also have my heart. Yes, but they've I'm been saying, my favorite band for the longest. Yeah, but I'm saying that Blink video is way better than the Backstreet Boys video. It's funnier, yes, definitely uh, for sure. <laughs> yes, but I'm I'm a humor girl. Yeah, me too. Win me with yeah, humor. I'm a humor girl too. Undertaker, uh, <laughs> you're a girl. Yeah, humor girl. Uh, Undertaker huh. apparently sent disciples of Apocalypse to fuck with the nation. Which I don't really believe. I mean, what connection does the Undertaker have to the DOA besides uh, the fake Undertaker being in the DOA? Oh, God. (laughs) Right? Oh, God. Undertaker versus Undertaker, SummerSlam 1994. But Savio Vega is here, and he can't be fired because he quits <laughs> <laughs> two weeks ago you were fired but now you decide that <laughs> now i quit you can't fire me because I, I quit you're a fucking dumbass. you can't fire me because i quit fucking losers yeah so savio uh whistles and make sure that he has backup to fight off the nation and because he has his buddies apparently known as los bariquas so we have another stable regime faction group to fend off the nation. We have Nation of Domination. We have the Heart Foundation. We have Disciples of Apocalypse. And we have Los Bariquas. So they are here and they're in a Donnybrook with the nation and just going to town. And yeah, it's uh, Farouk goes on about uh, Savio's jalapeno picking ass. And then they fight. And that's gang rules, brother. Wow. We also get some weird still shots of a photo shoot of Sunny that apparently she was with Brian Pillman, Boston Pizza, in. Apparently. Apparently it's this huge uh, scandal uh, going on in WWF Magazine or Raw Magazine where uh, Pillman's uh, with Sunny. Uh, apparently terrible Pil- decision on his part apparently pillman's having some sunny days maybe who knows Ick. yes but uh yeah that's a little weird uh i didn't read raw magazine as much as i read wdf magazine back as a kid but i do remember these photos and i don't ever really think anything much came of this 
but uh, it was on the show. So here we go. Uh, Scott Putzky or Putz. Putz, as Aaron so affectionately refers to him, against Jerry's kid. Loser face Pervy King's son. Yeah, Pervy King Jr. here. Got Brian Christopher. Blech. And the funny thing is they keep pushing how... Okay, so the reason why they're doing this, a little bit of backstory here, babe, is that the light heavyweight division, so I guess all guys are heavyweights, if they're over 215 pounds. So if you're over 215, you're a heavyweight, which most guys in the roster are over 215 pounds just because they, you know, they're their boss, they're big dudes, and they're going to weigh over that. But if you're under 215, apparently you're in the light heavyweight division, which will also have its own title belt, the light heavyweight title, which will come to fruition. But you take one fucking look at Putz. Does this guy look like he's fucking less than 215 pounds? Dude's literally chiseled out of granite. He is a fucking roid monkey's dream. There's no way this guy is under 215 pounds. Yeah, loser face needs to like lift some weights. I mean, Christopher here, he's like, you know. He needs to gain some. Yeah. I mean, he, he you could tell he's probably a light heavyweight. I mean, you know, he's still, he's not too bad, but compared to Putzky here, it's like night and day, man. Like, total combined weight is definitely less like, than 430 hear, or more than 430 pounds, I'll tell you that much. When I heard that this different division, like light heavyweight. Light heavyweight division, yes. I was like, bro, just... Suck it up. Go in the heavyweights. Yeah, right? Figure it out. They're not Lift some weights. <laughs> you gotta get swole, bro, if you want to be over 215. Take some protein powder and <laughs> fucking get huge, bro. <laughs> uh, but again, yes, yeah, backstory. Uh, the reason why they're pushing this light heavyweight division is because if you turn the channel to TNT, you'll see Monday Night Nitro, where they're pushing the cruiserweight division which is also their version cruiserweight sounds like cruiserweight like okay diapers you know the huggies like cruisers <laughs> little cruisers. cruisers yes it sounds like they're babies cruiserweights yes they're cr- cruising okay. they're cruising okay <laughs> yeah well. <laughs> Let's not amalgamate uh, diapers with wrestling here. Why not? And say that sometimes yes. they look like they wear diapers. Uh, sure, sure. And there's been wrestlers who actually have worn diapers in in matches and in the ring. Interesting. Yes, we'll get there. Actually, I think we're coming up soon to something along those lines. A literal baby in the ring, but we don't know. There we go. But we Huggies. don't know. But we don't Pampers. know. Let's Fair go. Enough. Okay, I guess we can. I'll, I'll I'll allow the amalgamation here because we will be getting somewhat of a baby <laughs> angle later in 1997. Is it Jenny? No, Jenny Jagalski. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not Double J. I'm sorry, but we will be getting Fuck. somewhat of a baby angle later on, but not who you might think it would be. But anyways, long story short, WCW. They're the competition. They're kicking WWF's ass in the ratings. They have a cruiserweight division. Okay, cruiserweight division. Good. Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. Better bleep that one out. Uh, (laughs) uh, Who else we got? Uh, We got fucking Juventud Guerrero. We got Billy Kidman. We got a stacked, awesome, amazing, under 215-pound division with amazing wrestlers and amazing matches on every Monday Nitro. They're fucking awesome. 
WWF's like, okay, we're going to throw out fucking Jerry the King Lawler's kid and fucking Scott Putsky, and we're just as good. You're not just as good. <laughs> so unfortunately, their their uh, cruiserweight or light heavyweight division pales in comparison to WCW's, but they're they're trying. They're trying. But luckily at Canadian Stampede, we're going to get a light heavyweight that actually is cool and amazing and he's japanese too and he's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers and we find out on this show that it's taka michinoku and he will face the great sasuke at canadian stampede in a light heavyweight match two japanese guys facing off it's gonna be a barn burner too uh but the rest of the division fucking sucks (laughs) and uh jerry the king lawler goes off with uh polish jokes basically that's the segment. He's an asshole. Shitty match. Polish jokes. That's that's about it. And uh, too sexy. Uh, actually, Brian Christopher now his uh, nickname is Too Sexy Brian Christopher because he is too sexy, and he has it on his ring jacket you and he what? has it on his hands too. These guys that are like, oh, my nickname's Too Sexy. Yeah, I'm Too Sexy Brian Christopher. Yeah, dude. These guys are so fucking lame. <laughs> you know that uh, there was previous tag team uh, in the mid-90s called the Heavenly Bodies, and it was uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard and Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, and uh, they literally look like kind of like male strippers, and they would like gyrate and fucking like move their hips and their bodies, but they're ugly as fuck. And they were called the Heavenly Bodies, and yet they're like these pretty ugly, out of shape ginger dudes. And uh, that was kind of the gimmick because they're the Heavenly Bodies, and yet they don't have nice bodies at all. The thing is, is guys that say like have the nickname like too sexy or whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, bro, you're such a fucking loser. You don't <laughs> impress me at all. Like, they're not trying to impress you. They're trying to get heel heat, dude. No, I mean, just in general, like when I went to high school and stuff, there was guys that like their fucking MSN messenger, oh, okay. their like nicknames That's were like okay. sexy boy or whatever. And it's like, you had fucking Shawn Michaels on <laughs> MSN messenger, dude, where the hell I knew you knew Velvet McIntyre, you're like fucking important and shit, but you, you, you used to fucking I am with Shawn Michaels no. in middle school. It was like other dudes oh. I went to school with and it's just like <laughs> bro you're so lame and Damn, they were like the popular dude. guys in school at the time and now like as adults they're just fucking lame did you ever find his smile for him oh my god <laughs> you're so special yeah i guess so uh that's no pretty, but i found yours that's ah oh, that's so sweet hilarious <laughs> uh so we get another Scene from the Custom Cosenso VHS videotape that you put in your VCR and make sure you rewind because if you're not kind, you don't Be rewind. Kind, please rewind. And uh, yeah, rewind that shit. And did you ever have the uh, rewinder? Like it, it was like a little thing you put the tape in and it rewinds it for you, like not actually being in the VCR. Nope. I had one. You know what it was? It was a car. 
So it looked yeah, like a sports car, one. but it opened up and you stuck the tape in there and it rewound it for like you. Like really fast. Really fast. rewind on the VCR was super slow. Depending on what kind of VCR you had. Oh, ours was slow as shit. We had a nice, like, my dad had like, a, I want to say like a Panasonic or something like that. It was pretty good. It worked for a long time and it was it was a good one. Uh, my mom originally had an RCA uh, a v- VCR. Which was fine. It did its job, but it wasn't the greatest. It was fine. But yeah, the rewinding took a little while. Uh, but then we got a DVD VCR combo that was a Toshiba. And that one was like fucking wicked fast at rewinding. And I'm just fucking aging myself to shit right now talking yes, about are. rewinding VHSs. <laughs> but I digress. Because Stone Cold said so. The VHSs that you had for these Stone Cold yeah, I had them all. And also, uh, at that toy show that I was at today, I saw them all, too. So mm-hmm. it was just pretty cool, and I wanted to buy them. But I already have them. What do I need them for? Uh, and I also don't have a VCR anymore, which I wish I did. Um, Didn't you say you were going to go to a pawn shop and see if you could kinda find kind of do, one? or I could even hit up my mom and just say, hey, where's the fucking VCR? I kind of want it. Oh, yeah. She probably never got rid of it. Oh, eh? she, yeah. No. She's never it's even Probably in your a, closet. Probably. Your yeah. Old, well, your she's never gotten rid of a speck of dust in 35 years, so... <laughs> Uh, but Stone Cold Steve Austin, because Stone Cold said so, it's the new VHS, his first VHS that's come out on videotape, and they show another scene of it, and it's him fucking impersonating Hulk Hogan. I thought you were going to say it was him fucking Hulk Hogan. I mean, and I that like, would, Whoa. I mean, they're only charging twenty nine ninety five for this Stone Cold videotape, but they're probably charge a lot more if you're getting that in a videotape but uh no in ecw when stone cold was there for a hot minute as just as steve austin uh he he did a promo as hulk hogan with joey styles it was pretty hilarious and uh austin's hogan isn't bad and actually austin's dusty Rhodes is quite good too I'll show you a video of stone cold steve austin pre stone cold doing a dusty Rhodes impersonation Yes, uh, Taker, poor Undertaker, man. Uh, he he's he's going through some shit right now, and uh, we're gonna pour one out for our homie Undertaker, and uh, yeah, just try to get him through this rough patch that he's going through because he does not seem to be very excited that this secret is coming out tonight on Monday Night Raw. New. No. Brian Pillman's here. Boston BP. Pizza. BP Boston Pizza, and he's got a match against fucking Mankind, Babyface Mankind. And you pointed out the best sign of the night would be Mankind, the real sexy boy toy, <laughs> <laughs> which I tend to agree. I think Mankind is quite attractive. Uh, BP. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit here about Brian Pillman's entrance music. Now, oh my God. So, preface, uh, you know. There's a lot. Everybody has an entrance music. You know, Stone Cold's got his legendary uh, Glass Shatters. Bret Hart's got a great song. British Bulldog, Owen Hart. Would you just call Bret Hart's great? I love Bret's song. It's awesome. I'm uh, sick of it. Uh, Gold Dust is very fitting for his character. Sparkly. It's uh, very sparkly. It's very sparkly. Um, I love how uh, Hunter uses Ode to Joy. Uh, there's a lot of great songs going on, and there's some lame ones as well. 
about like uh, Furnace and Lafon. I don't even know what that is. Fucking and Pimp Daddy. Pimp Daddy's Flash Funk's fucking song sucks. It's annoying as shit. Mark Merrill's with the fucking uh, cat calling fucking cougars and lions and whatever the fuck's going on his and whipping and shit. But uh, Brian Pillman's music. So we're sitting there and I'm like half falling asleep because I was so exhausted when we were watching this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, this sounds like an Earthbound song. <laughs> and Earthbound is one of my favorite video games of all time. That is your favorite video game and of all time. so I I know the songs well. I know like how the game just sounds it's literally sounds like and is looks like an acid trip. Yeah. And the songs are playing and I was like <laughs> Am I playing Earthbound right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Loose Cannon. Uh, Brian Pillman's uh, theme music, his entrance song. Uh, dun, 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 dun. It's very like frantic and like crazy. It seems like you're in the middle of a battle or something like yeah. that. But then all of a sudden in the song, we'll listen to it. Uh, it stops and it's like calm. Much like Earthbound where you're in one spot and it's kind of frantic music. And then you travel to somewhere else and it's like very calming music. Or, of course, the drugstore music, which is the goaded <laughs> Earthbound track. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. That's my ringtone. Yeah. And although Brian Pillman's, I feel, the, his entrance music would definitely uh, live up to being an Earthbound track. Possibly, maybe, when uh, you're fighting five police officers as a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But uh, mankind's and just not... And you kick their asses. Yeah, and you kick their fucking asses. Uh, and then you go fight a uh, speed limit sign. Yes. In an evil taxi. <laughs> <laughs> game's fucked up if you have never played it like look it up like it is so funny there's not enough words to describe how amazing so good how many times have we played through this game i don't know since we've been together like and and the the length of the game how many super nintendo games took 25 fucking hours to beat like i i remember beating link to the past earlier this year and it took me like six hours (laughs) that's a big game and it took me six hours Earthbound's so, a huge game. Gigantic. But it is so, so worth the experience. If you have never played with this, this is our fucking call to action for any fucking listeners out there who love Japanese RPGs where you need to smoke a lot of drugs before you play them. Uh, <laughs> you don't even need one. to smoke a lot of the drugs. It's an acid trip because in the thing itself. is, is once you're playing it, you're like, whoa. What the fuck? What is the fuck going is on? happening? Yes. I literally am killing dogs. Uh, and birds, and then they drop cookies for me. Uh, or you go to, you know, a different town, and the daycare is called called Polestar. Yes. Or you fight an evil circus tent. Yes. Yes. And then you get to see a concert. Yes. Yes. And then fight in a literal womb. And a uh, hooker tries to take you to the bathroom. Yes. When you're a 10 year old boy. When you're 10. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so there's some shit going on here. Best uh, video game ever. The greatest video game. Uh, Japanese RPG of all time, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Mankind seems like a character that would fit in fucking Earthbound pretty well, too. Uh, probably a boss, too, but he has a new sign this week. 
or at least he made a new sign because the last one last week, British Bulldog ripped up. Yeah. So this week he's got a new one that says, pick me, Steve. And I'm really hoping that Stone Cold does pick Mankind for his tag team partner. But he has a gift this week. He has a wrapped box with a bow on it as he's coming down to the ring. No, Who's this gift for? Turns out to be for good old JR, Jim Ross on commentary, who he mandible clawed in that four-part docu-series about mankind where he ended up mandibling claw. Uh, mandibling claw. Mandibling clawing uh, wow. JR at the end of it. But JR doesn't blame him for it because uh, he did uh, coerce him into apparently doing that. But he's got a gift for JR and it's a severed hand in, <laughs> that's taped up like the mandible claw. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they, they have the match. Uh, fucking Pelman's insane. He's an absolute menace. Uh, he tries stabbing fucking uh, Mankind with the pencil. <laughs> Nutcase. Yes. And they keep going on about how Brian Pillman got fired from uh, being a commentator on Shotgun Saturday Night. Little did I know uh, Shotgun Saturday Night's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we pay attention to that no, shit. No, not really. Um, originally, what they were going for is they wanted the nightclub look, which uh, the first few episodes were in nightclubs, and they wanted to do a different venue every week, but like smaller, more intimate shows, but then they ended up just taping it with Monday Night Raw. So they got lazy and said, fuck it, and just started taping it with Raw. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Pelman was doing commentary for it, and then apparently he tacked a fan and got fired from his position. So here he is in a match with fucking mankind but trips in china making their presence known getting the ring bell and nailing mankind with it and grabbing the uh so lovely uh, every time this object comes out we get the padded chair (laughs) the padded chair that hurts so damn much padded chair this time but before it's always just no padding up steel chair uh, but as mankind is chasing trips in China up the ramp, he gets counted out. Yeah, that sucked for him. Yeah, unfortunate. But he tried. He did. Like, oh, he tried to get back and try to ring. go back, yeah, but, but there was uh, not enough time. Not enough time. So Brian Pillman here picks up a pretty ridiculous count out win here, and away we go to the secret. Here we are after weeks, weeks, months even of this fucking storyline. The secret that Paul Bear has held over The Undertaker's head is finally coming to light. And we get Paul Bear and he's coming down. And as he's coming down, he gets attacked by a fucking fan. <laughs> jumps the rail. A woman jumps the rail and tackles him. And he takes a nice little pratfall uh, before security. What is it with the security now? How many times have we had this issue where somebody tries to run in and attack a wrestler and the security are just not on top of it? No. Like, get your shit together, man. You got the the mentally challenged kid. You got China rolling in there. You got fucking ECW guys. You got this actual shoot fucking uh, fan jumping the rail and trying to attack Paul Bear. Uh, it does, I guess it does show you how fucking uh, how much heat Paul Bear is garnering with this whole secret stuff. But he tells the story about how he was the apprentice to the Undertaker's father 
at the family funeral home. There was a family who lived in this funeral home, and it was a guy and his wife, and they had two children, and one of them being this nice, wonderful, caring, loving little child. And the evil devil red-headed child that you may know as the undertaker who is a ginger actually just yeah, dyes no, his know. hair dark well you can tell like the undertones and stuff you can For see sure. it yes but he goes on about this story about how uh he used to you know go to college and uh do his whole shit and trying to be an apprentice to be a mortician at a funeral home but then one day he saw the evil red-headed kid undertaker and he was outside and he was out the funeral home and he came home and the place was ablaze it was engulfed in flames it was on fire fire and who did he see in the bushes outside the house that was burnt to the ground the undertaker and he goes off and says yes you burnt down the funeral home you murdered your parents you're a murderer you killed your family undertaker you killed your mom you killed you your dad killed paul bear didn't and he Should've. killed. But the thing is, is now we know that Undertaker has a brother, and mm-hmm. his name is Kane. Mm-hmm. That's gotta be Kane! That's gotta be Kane, no less. But Paul Bear likes to say that the parents died in the fire, but he makes no mention of Kane. Yeah, there were two. There was three graves. Three graves, but only two bodies from what it sounds Uh, like. Apparently. And so this big secret finally is come to light. Undertaker's a murderer and he killed his parents by setting his family home and funeral home on fire. Oh my God. Yes. Well, now that it's out, so Undertaker can just murder. So he can just fucking murder murder Paul Bear. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Sure. I'm down. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so the key or the first clue to the million dollar sweepstakes for SummerSlam, uh, knowing these uh, clues to open this casket that has a million dollars inside of it. And that will be happening at SummerSlam, which is the next big pay-per-view after Canadian Stampede in August. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, Justin Johnson, Double J. <laughs> Justin, uh, his all-time favorite pay-per-view is SummerSlam 1997. Interesting. Yes. Owen and Bulldog, they're up against the Headbangers in another tag tournament matchup here. And Bret Hart is on the phone. Apparently, he's in Calgary. So he says. Or so he says. Uh, yeah. What do you think Bret Hart talks about in this phone call? I don't fucking know. I was half asleep, maybe, dude. You think maybe you know some of the verbiage he uses? Maybe uh, maybe something about hyenas? Oh, of maybe course. Maybe some gutless maggots. Maybe. Talking about the Lion King. He goes through the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's scarred, Literally dude. start to finish. He's literally scarred. He likes to say he's Simba, but he's definitely scarred. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
But uh, yeah, he goes on and on. And Owen picks up the win pretty easily with a nice, sweet pin. But post-match, Jim Cornette comes out, who we have not seen since Undertaker Tombstone to before Royal Rumble. So this has been quite a long time since old Corny here has been around. But then he brings in a new tag team to take out everyone, basically. And uh, from what I remember, this these two gigantic Samoan dudes... Uh, just start going after Owen Bulldog and uh, Headbangers. And they actually get their ass kicked for a little bit. So way to debut. You look like shit. And we don't know your names. And I think it's a Samoan SWAT team. But don't fucking uh, quote me. And then, uh, of course, they're full-on Iron Sheik boots with the points at the end of it. Oh, my God. (laughs) And they get their asses kicked. But then they get their heat back. And they moonsault uh, on the Headbangers. Which, honestly, no one really fucking cares about this at all. And I don't know why they're here. No, me neither. Not at all. But... We get an Undertaker promo, the reaction to what's going on with the secret. And he says, yeah, it's true. That funeral home burned down. It per- They perished in that fire, unfortunately. But he saw Kane playing with flammable chemicals earlier in the day. And he was gone. But when he came back, he knew what had happened, that the funeral home the family home had burned down and he tried to go into the building and save his family but to no avail yeah so it sounds like in fucking piece of dog shit's view because he saw undertaker there that undertaker set the fire yes but from what undertaker's saying is i didn't set the fire i came home and it was on fire and i tried to get in there to try to save my family but the firefighters held me back as i watched the house burn to the ground with my family in it and not only that yeah i didn't go to the funeral for my parents my brother because paul bear himself showed me the charred remains of my mother so fucked up right this the whole thing is just taking an absolute turn for the worst. Now, who do we believe in all of this? I believe Undertaker. <laughs> I would assume you would believe the Undertaker. Because piece of dog shit is a piece of dog shit. Yes. Piece of dog shit is a piece of dog shit. How does he even talk? He's a piece of dog shit. Yes. <laughs> right? Get that. I get it. Thanks. Uh, But then the main event, for some reason, this main event, uh, or not quite the main event yet, but uh, we get uh, Rockabilly Invader. And uh, what we give three minutes for Rockabilly to actually uh, possibly make it through this match against Vader? His chances of winning are slim to none. Mm -hmm. But fortunately for him, the match doesn't even start because Undertaker, whoa, you thought one of his intros was fast before this one broke a record for fastest undertaker <laughs> intro i think his music hit he was already out there yeah. and he had taken out vader and then he goes right for paul bear and he's like you fucking told the secret how can you do this how can you say this shit about me and he's choking he's slapping the shit out of paul bear Good. which you're loving every minute that of was this. like i woke up for a minute from my nap <laughs> while watching this and it yeah slapping the shit out of him it was nuts but he's choking him he's choking him down to the ground and he's like tell them tell them the fucking truth and paul bear screams into the mic kane's alive he's alive he told me himself kane is alive undertaker 
You That's, don't have to do the voice. I have to do the voice. No. <laughs> but yes, the parents perished in the fire, but Cain, after all these years, is still alive. And you think maybe he wants revenge on his little brother? You mean big or on brother? his big brother? Sorry, on his big brother? You think Cain wants revenge? Hmm. How scarred. How fucked up do you think Cain is from somehow miraculously surviving this fire? Yeah, I don't know. Right? I don't know. It's crazy shit, man. And it's the greatest storyline of all time, dude. And we get to the main event, which is Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Steve Austin up against Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Uh, not much going on in this match because uh, Austin kicks his ass basically for most of it. But then, out of nowhere, the Hart Foundation's out. But fucking Bret Hart is here. He caught the Ooh, red eye. in Calgary. He apparently, from two matches ago, or a match ago, caught the red eye from Calgary <laughs> and flew all the way, or possibly took Vince McMahon's private jet, Flew all the way to Des Moines, Iowa in record time, just in time to be able to interfere in this match and put the fucking figure four on the post on Stone Cold Steve Austin to end the show. And uh, yeah, probably a DQ finish there. But how the hell did he get from Calgary to Des Moines so fucking fast? He didn't. (laughs) He was already there. What? No. He's a lying piece of shit. No. Bret Hart would never do that. Uh... He's a good Canadian boy. Family values. Clearly not. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. But he's here, and Fuck. he's taking out Stone Cold. Fuck. Yep. What a fucking loser. And now we're setting up Canadian Stampede, which is the next episode for us and the next show we need to watch after the next episode of One Tree Hill. So we're going to have Canadian Stampede next week yeah so get ready for it hold on to your hats and hold on to everything for what's going on very shortly with this pay-per-view that's in calgary alberta 10 hours away our neighbors of the north yes uh 10 hours away from where we are we went there once i've been there many times we me and you have been there once yes we have we also went to Lake Louise, which is gorgeous. And there's also a great picture of Bret Hart standing at Lake Louise. Uh, it's pretty, uh, he's got the drip going on, i tell you that much. <sighs> the hitman drip. I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Yesterday, uh, Sean has an old pair of, a couple old pairs of Bret Hart's stupid glasses. The, the pink sunglasses. And uh, the one pair is in Flynn's little thing because he was playing with them. And then we're sitting there and I'm like, stomp on them, Flynn. And he he did. did. I was like, fuck yeah, that's my boy. Why are you stomping on him, man? Glasses, bud. That's my boy. Yeah, he likes The Undertaker at least. (laughs) He's definitely your son. Yeah. And eventually he will like Macho Man as well. And hopefully Bret Hart when he starts watching wrestling himself. No, Stone Cold. (laughs) I don't know if Stone Cold's language is very kid appropriate. Ours isn't either. (laughs) Let's be real. 
Nah. You almost had our son say nah, I didn't his know such thing. first bad word. I did no such thing. And, and almost 20 never, months old. It never happened. Uh-huh. It didn't, actually didn't happen. So. It didn't, but it was close. <laughs> it was very close. But yes, yeah, so we fade to black. Uh, rating on this. What do you give on your Meltzer star scale here? Honestly. It was okay, but honestly, not a hell of like, a lot besides the whole secret business. Probably a 2.3. Really? Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Average. I just, I, keep in mind, I was extremely tired when we watched this. I had a busy ass week with work and like everything and your dad was in town and it just, I was so tired by the time that we watched this episode that I was like, I should have just gone to bed that night. Yeah. Whenever we got through it, that's the main thing. We know what the secret is now. Undertaker murdered his entire family, except for his brother. <laughs> yes. He murdered. Apparently. Quotations. I guess we'll see going forward. But uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, another episode of Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast in the books. At treehillwf.podcast on the socials, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And also listen in on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts. Pourquoi? You can listen to us in France as well. Uh, we have some French listeners. So, uh, pour, Do we? Pourquoi? I haven't looked in a while. Pourquoi? That's what in French. I mean, we also have German listeners, too. Pourquoi? Pourquoi? I I haven't looked in a while. I haven't, like, since I got my phone fixed, I haven't really paid attention. I I used to obsessively look, but since I've been back to work, honestly, I haven't. Time for that shit. I haven't had time. Exactly. But uh, thank you for all the listeners. You get three downloads today alone. Damn. uh, Thank you for all the listeners. And all the countries that uh, you listen in from, we appreciate every single one of you. And uh, get ready for Canadian Stampede is very important. Because shit's going down. Is it the next episode? That is the next one. Canadian Stampede. So here we are. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. Over and out. Anything to add, babe? Um... It's bedtime. Yeah, I think so. I bid adieu and uh, I, I do not bid adieu to our bed because I will be welcoming that into my life. Yes. And I say bye, bitch.